You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go. Kickoff. With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's Nose Home Improvement. And we are back. It is the divisional round edition of kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Booms, how you doing, buddy? You know, I'm doing great, Mike, and I got to congratulate you. Five and one on your picks last week. Which pick out of the five out of the six that you got right are you most proud of? Rams. Nobody wanted them. I, <laughs> I know they were ugly, but, but you know, we took the three. We get the cover. Lions still win, so the people are happy. I'd say the Rams. Yeah, what actually, about you? Uh, well, I picked the Rams as well, so I thought the Lions would win. I think we both said that last week. So yes. I was three and three. The one that I was really disappointed in, and we'll get into it, I'm sure, is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles and just their deplorable uh, p- the p- performance. And this was a team that went to the Super Bowl last year. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. You're segueing right into it. We're, we'll go run down. We're going to go through each of the teams, hit the winners and losers, some storylines, obviously picks. We got a coach in carousel later. But Boomer mentioned it, so we're going we're gonna to lead with my favorite place, Philadelphia. Let, let's hear it. Let's go to the rundown. The NFL Rundown. Boomer, a simple question. Obviously, the Bucks win and win big. Do the Philadelphia Eagles enjoy playing football for money? Because it sure doesn't look like it. What, what was that? Well, you know, it's a couple things that happened in this game. Number one, the Eagles secondary was terrible. They're, they're tackling, they're missed tackles, their uh, faux attempted tackling was about as bad as you're going to see in a playoff game. You know, I, I, you could sit here and we could talk about some of the other playoff games with the way that certain teams play, but things happen in those games while, right. you know, you can explain those. This, this one I can't explain. And the other thing that I can't explain is whether or not the offense for the Eagles were prepared for the blitz that the Bucks were going to show them. And it didn't look like to me that Jalen Hurts had the answers. Now, I don't know if Jalen Hurts was not throwing it and not seeing it correctly or he wasn't given the game plan to handle that. Hold on. And you know. We talked last week on this show about this, and I said to you, the Eagles against the Blitz have been horrific all year. See, this is the problem with Sirianni, is this loyalty to Brian Johnson, and they stuck with it, and it's like they never changed. And you're right, Boomer. Bowles is going to blitz you 41% of the time. And the Eagles are like, wow, this is surprising. Boomer, they weren't prepared. There was no effort. There was no passion. And it leads you to how the hell does Sirianni still have a job? I mean, his product went toxic. So, Mike, I can only give you one example. There was one year where I didn't have the answers. And, you know, I would try to manufacture answers as the game was going on so I could at least let my teammates know that the ball could be coming to them if the defense was doing a certain thing. And that was the 
95 Jets. That was me as a uh, a veteran quarterback with a very young team with an offense that made no sense. I, I will tell you that for the most of my career, whether it be Jim Fossil or Bruce Coslett, I always had answers for blitzes, and we were always prepared for them, and you knew where you had to throw the ball. What what I saw against the Buccaneers from the Eagles' offense was just inexcusable, and Nick Sirianni is an offensive coach. Correct. And I don't know why – it looked the way that it did. And I can't believe that Nick Sirianni would put his quarterback out there without the answers. So then that takes me back to Jalen Hurts. Did he just play poorly? Did he just lose interest? Did he just not read the defenses correctly? So some of it is coaching, of course, but some of it has got to be coming from the player too. And I wonder about that locker room, and I wonder That's about the their confidence in their quarterback. Well, listen, it's all of it. It is all of it, and the fact that they've given Sirianni the vote of confidence and he's staying, uh, it's got to get fixed quick or he, he won't make it to Halloween next year. Let's go to the Cowboys. Um, we all know what the Packers did. You and I like the Packers getting the seven, but the Cowboys, another embarrassment. Now, this is the third straight 12-win season, third straight year to a one-and-done in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know how Mike McCarthy returns. I just don't. It makes no sense to me. I need you to explain it. Just help me understand it. Yeah, I know you're one of the guys that you know are advocating you know firing him. I'm I'm not one of those guys. I I because I appreciate how difficult it is, and I gotta appreciate how difficult it must be to work for the Jones family and Jerry Jones in particular, and how impetuous and impatient he seems to be because he gives out interviews every single week. And I can't imagine being a head coach working in that environment. Maybe that's why you know Jason Garrett lasted that long because he was able to mm. put up with that kind of stuff. And I think Mike McCarthy is one of those guys too. But listen, here's the thing. If you fire him, you are now taking away the coach that has brought the best out in your quarterback, and your quarterback was in the MVP running until week 17 this year. And that quarterback had his best year. He's in his prime. And I bet you, I guarantee you, that in the exit interviews with the players, they all advocated for Mike to keep his job. Here's the problem that I have now with the current set of circumstances with the Cowboys. Okay, he's going to keep his job. He's got one year left. He's going to be right. a lame duck head coach. You can't do that to him. So I got to believe that Jerry Jones is at least going to give him a two-year extension. You but cannot let him go into the last year of his contract without protection on the back end of it. No, and you're 100% right, but that's my point. I'm never extending this man. Listen, it's one thing to have all these pretty stats and do all this stuff in the regular season. Boomer, you know the drill, and we're going to talk about it with Lamar. If you don't win in the playoffs, nothing matters. So if you're Mike McCarthy, okay, great. You know, you've taught Dak a cool saying at the line of scrimmage and, and you put up some empty calories in the regular season. Mm. You, you can't win in the playoffs. Yeah, I know, but that it's, was, not, it's not empty calories. Those games mean something. Those players go out there, they bust their ass to get to the point where they get into the playoffs. And, you know, yeah, he went haywire, threw a bad pick to Darnell Savage. He read it perfectly, and it kind of let the game spiral out of control. Now, on the other side, how about the problems that Dan Quinn and their defense had stopping Aaron Jones Big in the time. running game of the Packers? Now, that's what happens when you lose linebackers to injury. And we're going to be talking about San Francisco and their linebackers and what a different set of circumstances that they will present to the Packers than Big the time. Cowboy defense did for them last week. So – I think they caught the Cowboys at the right time with the right amount of injuries, and Jordan Love certainly played one of the best games of his young career. Go to the Lions. Uh, Lions-Rams, it was an incredible football game, 24-23. Best environment I've seen. Uh, it was incredible. The people of Detroit, you could tell what it meant, the way it sounded. 
But the difference in the game, I wanted to get your take on this. One is like it's the ultimate Jared Goff power stat. Jared Goff with a clean pocket in this football game was 22-22. When he got pressured, he was 0-5. The story of the game was the Rams simply could not put any form of pressure on the Lions. And the other thing was Dan Gamble, with our affectionate nickname we've got for Dan Campbell, which is the dice roll. You know, he went for it on fourth down, didn't want to settle for the three. It was the Laporta touchdown. McVay had to settle for field goals, played conservatively. McVay didn't go for it on the fourth and 14 late. It was a couple of those little gambles. And the second down pass, late. I'm not going to run it when you think I'm running it. We're going to get this first down, and we're going to go victory formation. Um, it was just impressive all around. I wanted your takeaway on all three of those things. Well, I think the game really reflected Dan Campbell as a head coach. I think it also reflected Ben Johnson as the offensive coordinator and the trust that they do have in Jared Goff. And one thing that I loved about the way that the game ended was when Dan Campbell handed the game ball to Jared Goff in front of his teammates. And, yeah. and really made a big deal about what had transpired between him and Sean McVay. So that was great. It was great to see that. And, you know, love the fact that the Lions won. Uh, we both picked the Rams to cover, but we both thought the Lions would win the game. Uh, I could not believe what the atmosphere was like. And that atmosphere <laughs> is real. I'm telling you, it is real. It's I know real. it is. It's real at Arrowhead. It's real at uh, up at um, you know Buffalo. It's real in, at Gillette Stadium. It was real. It's going to be real in Baltimore. It's going to be real in San Francisco, and that's why I think this week, as we get to that game, uh, it's a real advantage now for the Detroit Lions, and they are healthy. And the one thing that I was also glad to see was Laporta was on the field. I we didn't think yeah. he was going to play. No, he got out there, and you know what? Look, I know statistically. He didn't get targeted a whole bunch. I think you could tell he was limited. But you know where he was impactful, Boomer, to running game? This is where he's kind of like a baby Rob Gronkowski, a two-way tight end, pulling him across the formation, cracking down, sealing guys. He was great in the running game. Like People nationwide, if they don't know, they're going to learn. Sam Laporta is your next great tight end in this league. He's, he's really good, man. You know, the other thing I want to take out of this game, and I don't want to lose sight of it, is the yeah. way that Matthew Stafford played. And he's a you know, warrior. He is a warrior. He got hit a number of times, got back up, continued to play. Uh, hopefully he feels like he's got a new, you know, a lease on life because I, nobody expected them to go where they went to this year. And I'd like to, I'd like to see him be there for another couple of years with Sean McVay, make him run it back. They're going to have a good team again next year. Uh, they'll make some, you know, additions this year because Les Need and Sean McVay tend to be really, really aggressive in that regard. So I think they get one more really good shot with Matthew Stafford at making it back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think one note, and I, hey, listen, he's still a good player, but Aaron Donald's not the same guy. He just, that is not the I, I mean, you watch every snap of that game, you really didn't know if Aaron Donald played. Part of that's a credit to the Lions O-line, but part of it is I think Father Time's starting to take its toll a little bit. Um, Bills, Steelers, just quick note, Steelers, what the hell are they doing at the quarterback position? I mean, what kind of move are they going to make here? Well, according to Mike Tomlin, Kenny Pickett's going to be the starter going into the offseason. Who knows? You never know what happens when the draft comes around. You never know who's going to be available when your team is picking, whether or not you're going to trade up. Uh, They may fall in love with another quarterback in this very deep quarterback class coming out in this this draft. So you, you never know. What may happen when that when that when that comes around? So what he says now, 
you know, I kind of take that with a grain of salt, and I want to see where they are after the draft, after free agency is over with. They're not going after a high-priced quarterback in free agency. I don't see that. That's not who the Steelers are. So they'll have Mason Rudolph back. They'll have Kenny Pickett back. I think that Mitch Trubisky will be out on the street. Well, thank God. Uh, Bills, we're going to get to more of them later. But, again, they took some massive injury hits in this game, specifically in the middle of the defense, secondary level. Uh, It's going to be part of what we talk about against the Chiefs. They got it done, but the Bills still on offense – it disappears. It kind of goes in waves. They, they are up 21 nothing. you got a stranglehold on the game. All of a sudden, here are the Steelers' chance to tie. And you're going, where have you been? They got the drive late. I still like the Bills, but the, the consistency is still the issue. Let's get to the Texans. Incredible year. Uh, we bought, I liked the Texans last week. I never expected them to do what they did. But how is C.J. Stroud doing this from one quarterback to another. Okay, How well, is this happening? I mean, it's amazing what he's doing. But I will say, Joe uh, Flacco helped. Throwing two oh, pick yes. sixes, that helps. And then all of a sudden, now the quarterback and his decision-making is limited. Both Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud had the exact same stats. They only attempted 21 passes. And the reason they only attempted 21 passes is because the opposing quarterbacks played so poorly. And their offense was explosive. They were accurate. Uh, they moved around a little bit, made some big plays down the field. This Nico Collins seems to be unstoppable right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and D'Amico Ryans, uh, we cannot discount what he is doing for the Texans' defense. Bobby Slowick, offensive coordinator, great. Uh, all the poise and all the accuracy with C.J. Stroud, the toughness, the size, we all love it. But D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick deserve a lot of credit for the way that the defense is playing for D'Amico and the way the offense is playing for Slowick. And this is why I think Bobby Slowick has probably got a good chance of getting the Titans job. You know, if you hire him as the Titans head coach, you now lessen the Houston Texans moving forward, and you get this 49er Miami Dolphin offense in your own building, and you could do that with your young quarterback. Yeah, I think the two OCs that are really guys to watch are going to be Slowick and Ben Johnson, Lions OC which I think the commanders want badly, but we'll get to that later in the show. Let's go to the Chiefs. Um, They get it done, but again, it had vibes of the Tampa Eagles game. Dolphins just didn't show up. Dolphins did nothing right. And I know the weather. You're talking to two guys. One is in New York. One's in Detroit. You're not going to get sympathy from us. But here's the thing. Let's have the Tua conversation for a second. Boomer, they can't hand. I know at his height, the numbers are great. But, Boomer, what are you doing with Tua long-term? You can't hand him a $200 million contract. I don't you? think you can either, but I think you got to give him a four-year contract extension. It's probably going to be somewhere between 35 and $40 million. He's better than Daniel Jones. They overpaid for him here in New York, but that's where yeah. all these quarterbacks are going to be starting. They're going to be looking at his contract and saying, that's where I'm starting. Hey, look, they need a home field advantage. Their defense was decimated with injuries. They were picking up guys off the end of the street. The one thing I do like about what Vic Fangio did do is that he blitzed a lot at Patrick Mahomes, especially in the red zone, forcing them to field goals, which kept the game close. But Tua is not a cold-weather player. They need home field advantage, or they have to play in a dome if they're going to get even close to the Super Bowl next year. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And like I said, the Chiefs, Bills, that's going to be a mainstay of segment three. Chiefs, look, they did what they needed to do. They got out of there with a win. The defense plays great. I will just tell you, and and we'll we'll get more of this later. 
I have a hard time believing you're just going to stop everybody all the time when you're not turning people over. They've only forced 17 turnovers on the year, but they got it done. And we're going to have a deep dive into that game. We're going to get into all these games. It's the beauty of the show as we get later in the year. Take our time a little bit. We'll spend some time on each of these games. Got a coaching carousel for you guys. Boomer's going to accurately predict every vacancy (laughs) so you don't have to do any thinking. So sit tight. Let me tell you about Casamigos, the smoothest tequila on the planet. Enjoy the entire family of Casamigos tequila, the Reposado, Añejo, Blanco, Cristalino, or the Mezcal. I mean, a little tequila by the fire in the wintertime. Casamigos tequila brought to you by those who drink it. And Casamigos tequila reminds you, as always, please celebrate responsibly. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. So, we could take our time, a little bit of a deeper dive. I know Boomer enjoyed some of the power stats and the geeky angles and things. I'm going to present that again. Let's get to the picks. Picks of the week. Okay, so let's start this out. Ravens laying nine and a half, taking on the Texans. Your total is 43-and-a-half. So, Boomer, let's just start, I think, with the headline. This is Lamar, all the pressure in the world squarely on him. We know the playoff failures, 0-2 in the divisional round. He is your presumed MVP. Hasn't done it in the playoffs. What are you expecting from him here? I think he's different this year, and I've been saying that. And look for Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers to be back on the field with him going into this game, and they're going to need it because the uh, Texans' offense. But, yeah, he's 1-3 and three in his playoff career. He's got four total touchdowns and seven turnovers. But I really feel like, you know, he knows this. He's heard it. He's got the chip on his shoulder. He is also a player that when they needed him to play big this year against the teams that had winning records, 49ers, Dolphins, he showed up, and he showed up big. And I do think he's going to be the presumptive MVP And I think they're a different team, especially now that they're getting healthy and getting guys back, both on offense and defense. And when you look at their offense, uh, Mike, it's balanced. It's really well balanced. They can run it with their running backs. They can run it with Lamar. And they certainly can throw it down the field, whether it be Odell Beckham Jr., whether it be Bateman, whether it be Zay Flowers. They're all going to be back. And that's good news for Lamar. And I think that they are going to – They'll, they'll, this is going to be a game where they're going to win comfortably, but I think, I feel like the Texans are going to cover. See, it's interesting from a matchup standpoint. The Ravens do one thing incredibly well, top five level in the league, and that's play-action passing. Not only with rate, 
All right, they're going to play action. I think it's 27% of the time, right? But it's also your efficiency while doing it, top five. Do you know what the Texans' Achilles heel is? They're bottom five in the league against play action. They just don't diagnose it well. They don't cover it well. QBs put up monster numbers. So Lamar from Jump Street is going to have a major advantage, and it's in the wheelhouse of what they already do. That's a huge factor. But the other side you need to tell me is, all right, C.J. Stroud on the road. I know. It's enchanting. I don't think there's any way they're getting out of this game thrown at 21 times. So is does Slowick get him on the move a little bit in this game? Because if you stand in the pocket against the Ravens, I, you, you're, you're going to get your head handed to you. I would think on offense for Harbaugh, they're going to be aggressive. You know, uh, Todd Munkin's going to come out throwing. They're going to want to get Lamar in the game early. He hasn't played for two weeks. Remember, he set out the last game against Pittsburgh. Then they had the bye. So he has not played, but he's going to be healthy. And, you know, when you talk about play action and you talk about a player that's dynamic both via the pass and the run, that is Lamar Jackson to a T. So he creates so many problems for a Houston defense. Uh, On the other side, you're right. You can't expect that they're going to throw the ball 21 times this game. This one's going to have to be more like a 30 to 35 yard, I mean, attempt game for uh, CJ Stroud. And you got to protect them because the blitz is going to be coming from all over the place with McDonald, their defensive coordinator, who also may get a head job here when this is all said and done. But I will say that, you know, it's tough beating John Harbaugh in Buffalo. I mean, in, in Baltimore, if you are a rookie, I think it's I think he's 18 and two against rookie quarterbacks in their building. And this is going to be a very, very tough game for C.J. Stroud. All right. So where are you going side and total? You know, my feeling is that the Texans are going to cover. I'm going to take the nine and a half with the Texans, and I'm going to go over with the game. Well, we are on opposite sides. How about that? I'm going to go Ravens. I just think it's a reality check for a a good young team. Uh, And I'm actually going to go to the under. I I think the Ravens are going to control this thing. I'll go Ravens and under. You're going Texans and over. This ought to be a joy. I think think there's going to be big plays all over the field. There's just too many great athletes. To hold him down. And Lamar, is, I'm telling you, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He is, he is just a different player this year. Uh, Niners laying nine and a half, hosting the pack. Your total is 50 and a half. Look, here, here, here's where it sits for me. We always try to have some fun with you guys and give you a thought process. And, Boomer, I know you like this stuff. Ask yourself if the book is your friend. Hey, I'm going to give you the Packers. You saw how sexy they were last week. We're going to give you the Packers and nine and a half points. Where are your friends? <laughs> Dead. Dead. Um, I, yeah. I just, it's it's been great for the pack. Jordan Love since week 10, number one quarterback in the league with QBR, 22 touchdowns, one pick. It's been unbelievable. One problem. This is still a Joe Barry defense. This is still a defense that struggles to stop the run. And now I get the Niners rested at home. Oh, boy. I you got to talk me off of it. I like the Niners laying the nine and a half. Buddy. Yeah, I cannot talk you off of it. I, I agree with you 100%. And here's why, because we have a recency bias. So we saw Jordan Love do the same thing that C.J. Stroud this last, did last week. We, you just talked about how he finished the season. He played great. Um, this team is uh, the 49ers by far the best balanced team in the league. And I do think that – one of the reasons why Jordan only had to throw the ball 21 times last week was, of course, the interception return for a touchdown by his defense. Sure. 
and because Aaron Jones was able to run the ball effectively. And when you're able to run the ball effectively, then you kind of lessen the younger quarterback's decision-making. That's not going to happen because of Drake Greenlaw and Fred Warner and this defensive line and their ability to stop the run. So it's going to be more of a Jordan Love and his young wide receiving crew going against the secondary of the 49ers. And what do the 49ers do just about as well as anybody? Rush the passer. So I think this is a tough spot for the Packers. They're the youngest team in the uh, the NFL this year, youngest team in the playoffs, and I think they struggle here against this 49er defense. Hey, quick side note. What does a Jordan Love contract look like? Have you started thinking about that yet? Yeah, I think, you know, if he wins this game, you know, oh, you're my. talking about a 40, 41, 45 million dollar year contract. I mean, if he wins this game. This is a huge game. Remember, these are two historical franchises. These are two teams that have playoff history against each other. Uh, they are nine and a half point underdogs, and they're going on the road to play against who everybody thinks is the best team in the league, even though they got hammered by Baltimore a couple weeks ago. So I would say to you, if he wins this game, you're looking at a f- north of $40 million per year, probably for five years. So this, this could be your next $200 million man here. Yeah. Um, no, the other thing, obviously – these two teams faced each other 10 times in the playoffs. It just doesn't apply here. But here's what's interesting. When the Niners and Shanahan are big favorites, they actually – they're the opposite of the Bills. They deliver. They beat teams, and they beat them by a lot. So, I got to figure um, – you got to figure over and Niners. That's the way I look at it. I, I would, and here's another note to the over. The, the crew doing this game, this is Alex Kemp's crew. Kemp – calls the most penalties in the league at almost 14 a week, right? But both of these teams reside in the top six in penalties, believe it or not. So you get penalty-ridden teams with a crew that gets happy throwing a flag all over the field. That's that's extending drives. That's more points. That's the over. I know. I know you're <laughs> like, well, wait a minute. Wow. You're deep in the weeds here. Yes, I'm serious. You are. But, but it's true. Boomer, illegal contact. I got you a dollar. We're going to just go ahead and extend that drive for you. <laughs> but what do you mean? It was third and 18. Touchdown. So, yes, Niners and over for me. Which brings us to the last game. Lions laying six and a half. This number's been all over the place. It's gone from seven down to six, back to six and a half. Your total, 47 and a half. Let me start with this question. Do you believe all of the pressure is now off of the Lions after having won a playoff game since 91? You know, you're at home, you're favored, Stafford's back. Exhale a little bit. Lions can play free here. Is that reality or just radio fantasy? I think it's radio fantasy. I think the the deeper you go, the more pressure there is and the more pressure there is to perform. Uh But I don't worry about that because I think last week uh, there was a lot of pressure on the Lions winning that first home playoff game against Matthew Stafford. That's really pressure. I think right. this week, I think this week, look, home field advantage is huge. And the noise is going to be really difficult for Baker to handle. You know, if it's Tom Brady and he's been there for three years, it's one thing. Baker's been there for a year. They've been good. They drop a lot of passes, by the way. Um, I'm just thinking What is that, it with Mike Evans? I don't know. But I just, I just think with the noise and with the uh, emotion and kind of like the the way that the Lions have approached this and the way that Dan Campbell has approached this, I love it. And that's why I do love the Lions, not only you know to cover here, I also like the over here in this game as well. 
So, couple things. Um, what you bring up with the with the crowd noise, it, it's it's twice as hard to when you don't have a running game. They, I mean, Tampa, they don't run it. They can't run it. You know, you want to reverse those and just say they can't run it, therefore they don't, whatever you want. They, they don't have a running game. So now, if I'm going to pathway the Bucks to a win, which I can't do, I do believe the Lions are going to win the game. I'm not as confident as you with the spread because uh, there's a couple of things. Okay, Lions looked like champions in the first half against the Rams, right? Second half, you know how many points they scored? Three. And it's been something all year long. If you look, Boomer, the Lions are the single worst team in the third quarter in all of football. Their offense just dries up. They do nothing. I can't explain it. I think Ben Johnson's fabulous. I think they're good. So I look at it and I go, all right, if Tampa's going to come in here and do this, this sounds insane. Boomer, you're going to have to throw it 50 times. And I, I have a hard time with that, too, because, let's face it, Baker's not going to go out complete 70% of his passes. And you drop a quarterback back 50 times against the eighth highest blitz. This is going to be a blitz fest. This is going to be two teenagers playing Madden. I mean, Aaron Glenn brings the blitz. Todd Bowles blitzes at 41% of the time. But, I mean, how do you pathway a win that doesn't feature the Lions pr- getting pressure, Goff, panicking and turning it over, which he's prone to do against the Blitz. He's got seven turnovers against the Blitz, second highest in the league. Boomer, if the Lions don't turn it over, I don't think they can lose the game. Right. So I do think that Ben Johnson will definitely have Jared Goff ready to go against the Blitz. He'll have answers. He will not look like uh, Jalen Hurts looked last week against the Buccaneers. No. And the other thing, too, you know what? Aiden Hutchinson, the the relentless energy, the motor is always going. You know, he's a guy that is a sack fumble waiting to happen. And, you know, I could see Baker Mayfield standing back there because he will stand in the pocket. He is as brave as there is. He's beat up. He's got a lot of guts. And he'll throw the ball down the field. He's a little old school. That's kind of like why we like him so much. He's got a little Brett Favre in him. Teammates yeah. love him. Coach loves him. Uh, there's all The ball's going to be all over the place. Look, and the I, Lions secondary can be had, clearly. I mean, we talked about it last week. Yeah. I mean, Nick Mullins, uh, 800 yards in two games, and Jefferson, 200 yards here. Look at last week. I mean, Matthew Stafford, I, he, he threw for a zillion yards. Puka Nakua is still running. So, yeah, I mean, Evans. Now, Godwin's knee banged up. I know we've been saying that for three years, but he'll play. Um, Evans, I don't know what the deal is with the drops. I just don't. But overall, Boomer, look, reality is the Bowles is old school as well, and I think it hurts him. He calls defenses like it's 05. We're not disguising <laughs> anything. Hey, there's eight of us at the line of scrimmage. We're going to try to kill you. Well, okay? I'll tell you one thing. The Eagles Snap didn't the have ball. an answer. The Eagles did not have an no. answer. I do think the Lions will. I think Lions it's a 34-20 game. I think they cover, and I think another over here. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. All right, I like the over. I have a real problem with the Lions and that secondary. I mean, booms, you could be up 14 late, and the back door is still open. I, I'm i going to – oh, God, I can't – I'm going to take Tampa, and I got – it's just a lot of points. It is. I wish it was seven, but all right, I'll take Tampa. I'll take the over. I, I, but we agree. Let's nothing be lost in translation. We think the Lions are winning the game. You know what? Yeah, right. And you know what else is interesting here? If you remember, Baker Mayfield has bet on himself. He's got a one-year yeah. deal. He wins this game, another playoff game. Um, how do they? How do the Bucks let him out of the building? 
next year. They're not. No, they're going to treat him like Daniel Jones. He'll get a four-year, one sixty. Okay, uh, and they'll probably regret it in a year and a half. Let, let's say, let's say they lose a game, and let's say Baker kind of folds a little bit here. Uh, could you see? Could you see Baker and Bill Belichick together in Atlanta? I'm in. I need it. Radio <laughs> needs it. Boomer, tell him about Casamigos. All righty, folks. So what goes great with football? Of course, it's Casamigos tequila. Casamigos is brought to you by those who drink it. Now, make sure that you have plenty on hand for the divisional playoff games this weekend, whether it be Añejo, Blanco, Reposado, Cristalino, or Mezcal. It's Casamigos tequila, our personal favorite, by the way. And they remind our friends out there to please, please celebrate responsibly. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right, jam-packed last segment for everybody. And we will do uh, kind of a place your bets coaching carousel that hopefully maintains the test of time here as we tape the show and then you hear the show. But first, best of the best. This week's best of the best. We had to have it here. It's the smallest spread. It features Boomer's favorite player. And let's face it, this is made-for-TV drama. This is the new Steelers-Ravens. It is Bill's Chiefs. Bill's laying two-and-a-half Hosting the Kansas City Chiefs, your total is 46, and this is Patrick Mahomes' playoff debut on the road. Has never played a road playoff game? Welcome to Buffalo. Where you want to start with this, Booms? You know, so I'm thinking this is like Brady Manning, isn't it? Doesn't it feel that way? These guys meet every yep. year in the playoffs. When they do meet in the regular season, it's a big deal. They're 3-3. Three and three. This is game seven, if you will. And I think about the last time that Patrick Mahomes – was in Buffalo, I think it was during the COVID season, so there really weren't any fans there. So he is going on the road now, and we just talked about it in Detroit, and this Buffalo crowd is going to be insane. Now, the snow has been flying all week long, just like it was last weekend. It looks like Sunday night should be clear on CBS, so hopefully that's going to be the case. You know, when I think about this, I think about what I saw from Rasheed Rice 
and the Kansas City passing game against the Miami uh, Dolphins in you know below zero weather. And Jason Garrett, the the you know the former coach of the of the of the Cowboys who was doing the game, was talking about how he was snatching a ball out of the air, and they finally found a wide receiver they can trust. So that's yeah. a good thing for Patrick Mahomes, and I do think that Travis Kelsey has a chance to have a huge game here. And you talked about it earlier, and that's because of the injuries of the internal part of the front seven of the Buffalo Bills. And I think that's where they're going to try to exploit the passing game for the Chiefs. Yeah, you saw it last week. As soon as the injuries started mounting at the linebacker level and then in the secondary, Pittsburgh in the middle of the field, Mason Rudolph, I can't believe these words are leaving my mouth, Mason Rudolph got into a little bit of a rhythm. Deontay Johnson, now we're using the middle of the field. Listen, I, I I like the under in the game, and these two teams play a tighter game. I think the last time they met it was 20-17. to 17. Don't quote me on that. But, Boomer, I'm with you. Is The Bills, I have a hard time trusting because there's still something going on with Steph Diggs. I don't know what. Now it's like the only time they throw it to him, it's at the line of scrimmage. It's very weird. I want to trust the ground game. Uh, you know you're getting a warrior in Josh Allen. But this is also, this is all or It's everything. It's all or nothing. It is now or never. You know, the Bills either beat the Chiefs now or it's never happened. Like, it's right here. This is a Chiefs team. They struggle to get to 20 points. They, you know, Kelsey's out here dropping three, four passes a week. And here's the other thing. As good as Steve Spagnuolo's defense has been, do you realize the Chiefs are doing this without turning anyone over. The Bills have forced 31 turnovers. The Chiefs are are second to last, I think, in the league to the Rams. I think they forced 17. So, Boomer, I just – I have such an issue backing either of these teams. It really feels like a coin flip. It does. And I know we're not allowed to say that. We have to make a pick and big opinions, but I really struggle with this game. You know, I do too, and we do because we see the flaws in each of these teams – but we forget they got two great playmaking quarterbacks. That, and we saw that on display in both of the previous playoff games when Patrick Mahomes took off and ran and his helmet busted. And then, of course, when Josh Allen took off and ran for the touchdown against the Steelers. So these players, you know, they're ready for it. I mean, and this is I, – I could just imagine what it must be like for them going to bed at night just thinking about each other, thinking about, you know, what the defense is going to be trying to do to them. But I also feel like, to me, Kansas City's coming in healthier. And even though they don't get turnovers on defense, man, they force field goals. They don't give up a lot of touchdowns. They're tough in the red zone. And this is where Josh basically makes a difference by running with the football in very important points of the game. Whether it be fourth and four, he needs a first down. He's going to you look in the run first, even though they'll call a pass. And I do you think want a cheat that – I was going to say two things, give you, two players. Yeah, go ahead. Isaiah Pacheco and James Cook. Yep. Yes. Okay, so it's James Cook, but not the way people are thinking. This might be the cheat code. The last time they played, James Cook, it was in the passing game that he did his damage. He had 83 receiving yards. That's the quick outlet. It's the pressure release from the high pressure, you know, mug the line of scrimmage, blitzing that Spags wants to do. James Cook is the guy to watch. That's how you're going to keep Josh Allen clean. That's how you're going to have a quick 
pressure valve to the blitzes and Cook in the open field. He, him and Pacheco were created in a lab when it comes to physicality. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. And, the other, and I the, think the James other thing Cook too, could be the X factor. Right. The other thing, too, is, you know, the fact that uh, Big Gabe, Gabe may not be in the, in the lineup for uh, the Bills. I don't know. you got to watch out for whether or not well, some of these guys are coming back from injury on offense for the Bills. That would be helpful. Um, I do think that there are two guys you worry about in the passing game for the Chiefs, and that's Travis Kelsey and now it's Rasheed Rice. Those are the two guys you got to try to take out of the game. Going to be a lot of pressure Chiefs, on those you? safeties for the Buffalo Bills. You're going Chiefs, aren't you? I'm taking the Chiefs and the points. Oh, you have to. Yeah, no, no. We, yes. We're not doing any money line madness. Right, here. exactly. Are no. you with me on the under? No. I, I, still, I still think that. That we were, I think this is going to be like one of those just absolutely fantastic games, and I think both quarterbacks are going to be fabulous. And I kind of feel like the guy who has the ball last, like in, in almost every one of these games these teams play, is going to have a chance to win it, and maybe it comes down to a field goal. That's why I'm taking the two and a half in the Chiefs. This game's the living embodiment of sometimes the best games to watch or the worst games to bet. So this is not a game in real life I'm actually going to play. I'm just going to watch it as a football fan. Might play a little bit on the under. I'm going to go Bills, home field, now or never, and I just can't get there with the Chiefs. But Boomer is right. This this is might be who has the ball last, which seems like it's every time the two teams play. All right, let's get to the final word. Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti, presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. The final word. Okay, so we're going to do this now. Now the interviews have started. you got guys in the playoffs right now. For instance, Ben Johnson, Lions OC, four interviews the next two, two days. And... A game on Sunday, but we're getting close enough to where our newsman, a man who broke the Belichick story while on vacation in July, our man, we can now place our bets. Okay. Who's getting what job? Have some fun with it. I will. I I always do. Um, So let's let's start out with the Chargers. At one point, it felt like Harbaugh was the favorite, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here's Mike Vrabel interviewing. Who gets the Charger job? I still think it's going to be Harbaugh. I really do. I don't think he wants to go back to Michigan. I don't think he wants to deal with that. I think that this Michigan crazy contract, I mean, like, he's, what's he like the next Hunter Biden? He wants, like, immunity from everything. So I, I think he wants to stay out of, stay out of uh, college football now, go back to pro football, and I think he yeah. would be great for Justin Herbert. Now, there was a note, too. I think they've interviewed four GM candidates, Boomer, and one way or another, all four of them have ties to Harbaugh. Yeah, I think that's... All I'm saying is, how does a franchise choose a 60-year-old Harbaugh over a 48-year-old Vrabel? I love Vrabel. Maybe I'm a slappy. I love the dude. No, we all, we all, are, we all do, we all do respect Mike Vrabel. There's no question about it. But this is Jim Harbaugh. This is a name. This is a guy who's got West Coast ties, of course, because he's been out there coaching. Um, and he's got Justin Herbert, man. I mean, I All want right. an offensive coach for that team with that with that quarterback. That's what I want. Seattle, Dan Quinn, right? Yeah, it feels that way. Um, he obviously has uh, relationships in the building. He was their defensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowls. Um, you know, he's obviously got head coaching experience with his time in Atlanta. Everybody respects him and likes him. I don't think the Cowboy performance against the Packers really dents him negatively no. in any way, shape, or form. All right, Atlanta. 
Belichick? Yep. Yeah, it's going to be Bill Belichick. I feel like that's coming any day now. And um, a little bit surprising because it's Atlanta, but I, I think he went down there, had a meeting with Arthur Blank. They talked things out. They they discussed different people in the building. Could Bill get along with this guy? Could Bill get along with that guy? Could you run the team? What does our roster look like? What do we need to win? I was win? just going to ask you. And I think it's so perfect. how will this be? Is this going to be Belichick operating the whole football department, or is he going to give himself some help here? I think they I think they have a good football department. I mean, you look at their roster, you look at their drafts, they have good players. So they just they need a quarterback Rear. of significance. Maybe they'll draft one. I doubt it. But I think uh, they'll go for just a go veteran get quarterback. Fields. Just go get Justin Fields. Yeah. Make it happen. Come on. Commanders, I'll give you I'll give you the pick, and I've talked to you know I did a couple interviews in D.C. and, and they're all in on it. It feels like the Commanders want Ben Johnson. Agree? I would say yes. I would also say Aaron Glenn's got a shot there. I okay. would say that Brian Shaw has got a shot there. Um, and you know I would think maybe Slowick has a, sh- a shot there. But the next, the next one is where I think Slowick. That's going. what I was going to say. You've got Bobby Slowick going to the Titans. I do for two reasons. One, uh, the owner of the Titans lives in Houston, and all she's been hearing about is how great the offense and C.J. Stroud have been. And what do they have? They have a young quarterback in Will Levis. They just came off of a defensive coach. They probably want to try to run the offense at the 49ers, the Packers, uh, the Dolphins are running, and that's exactly what Slowick is doing in Houston. So I would think that Amy Adams-Strunk is going to go after the offensive coordinator of the Houston Texans for her team in Tennessee. Okay, so then that would bring us to the Raiders. Just hire Antonio Pierce. I'm already. right there with you. What are, what are we doing? I think He's he just awesome. wants to be sure. I think he wants to make sure that uh, that the GM or whoever they decide is going to be the GM can work with him and wants him. And uh, it feels like that's what's going to happen. I, you and I both believe that's what should happen. But, you know, there is a wild card, and his name's Mark Davis. Noted. All right, so that brings us to the ugly duckling, uh, a job that I wouldn't take. Now, if I did, I would just tell my wife, um, we are going to get fired in short order, but I've got, you know, 30, 40, 50 million reasons we're going to uproot our family. Who the hell is crazy enough to take the Panthers' job? Well, what do they have? They have a young quarterback who needs direction. So it's going to be most likely a an offensive coordinator from Miami. Could be an offensive coordinator. I'm thinking uh, maybe from the Buccaneers, Canales could be uh, on their list. Um, I just think it's going to be an offensive head coach, and it's going to be somebody that has had success with a young quarterback I don't think it's going to be a defensive coach, and I believe it's going to be a coordinator in nature. I just can't see a proven head coach going there and working with David Tepper. And that's what I was just going to say to you, because here's your problem. The owner's a problem, and their draft capital. They don't have any. I mean, they gave up everything to get Bryce Young. So I I just, Boomer, think about what you just said. We're over here throwing darts because who's crazy enough to take the job? It really is. You'll take it because there's only 32 of them. But this is a brutal job opening. It is. Brutal. (laughs) It is. Okay, then. So that's it. Listen, we are going to come back next week. It's my favorite show of the year. I love championship weekend. I love two games, winner take all, 60 minutes to the Super Bowl, and Boomer and I can really nerd out. And that's, that's the enjoyment. So 
We'll be back next week. We'll have more picks, league news. We'll have it all dialed in for you. You won't need to do a thing. Enjoy it. It's the best time of year. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. 